I wonder what it's like to imagine the planet between the poles in parcel pigments and lines instead of watercolor hues. See, picture books like to tell me that the ocean is blue. Would say this, then haul the shade off full-bodied into sadness, honoring a collective agreement I hadn't realized I'd been born into. One off-odd day, my teacher broke a semantic sub-rule, dispensed with wearing her sleek black threads of joy, explaining in earnest dejection pink fabric was the color of gloom. And over on stages, here, there, everywhere, poets get up to slam down a line, painting psyches in green, making out of envy not a feeling but a sheen. But how are leaves ever left wanting when they have sun and CO2? See, in every grade school acrostic, feeling the lack of other adjectives, I would always toss unique beside the next next to last letter of my two-beat seven-count name. But I've got space dirt in my ears, toenails from planet QN 9.52, not to mention dedication remonstrations from past lives scrawled into every cell and fold of my human bodysuit. Where did this myth come from, that things floating free of time-space history are possible at all true when every prismatic particle we ever breathe is fished out of the bargain bin, quote-unquote, gently used? Which is to say... I love every plain and storied part of you. Thank you for joining me um, on another episode of the Side B Anthology. So that was a reading in a single breath, if you will, of a poem called Unknown that I originally wrote to submit to a competition on Vocal, the website Vocal, and um, so I recorded that earlier, and I am currently uh, recording this afterward from my bathtub. <laughs> I'm having a bath. Um, so this poem the competition that I submitted it to, if I remember correctly, it was called True Colors, and the objective was to write a poem that, um, that had something to do with a color that represented you uh, in, in some way, and... Uh, in, in my typical style, I got very, very up in my head about this and ended up writing something that was more um, a meditation on color symbolism in general rather than color that accurately represented me, which I guess is part of the reason why I went with unknown as the um, as the title you know the color itself is unknown uh, but the funny thing is that my last name actually directly means brown so I could have just gone with the color brown which incidentally I, I love the color brown it's one of my favorite colors <laughs> but I chose um, a stranger route, which is kind of par for the course with me. 
So uh, I'd like to just talk about a, a few other things that came up while I was writing this and, and after I wrote it. So uh, there is a verse about um, about someone that that normally wore black threads as as a um, as an expression of joy and um, and wore pink as an expression of gloom. So that was a direct reference to a teacher that I had when I was in the third grade. So I would have been about eight years old. And um, she was Quebecoise and she wore she came in to teach us and wore, um, oh, and by the way, at that time I was in a French immersion school. I am, <laughs> I, I do, um, I have a French parent and an English parent, so it, it was sort of like they, they wanted me to have both English and French. In this particular school, you would get half of your classes taught in English and half taught in French. So I always had two teachers in this elementary school, which it's normal to have different, at least here in Canada, it's normal to have, um, it's normal to have different teachers teach you different subjects in high school, but in elementary school, that was a little bit unusual. So um, she taught us things like science and um, math and did she teach math maybe it was my English teacher that taught math but anyway all of the subjects were kind of I think I remember she taught geography I remember that for sure but anyway they both taught different subjects so this teacher she wore black all black every single day Every day. I never saw her wearing any other color except black, head to toe. Except one day, kind of in the middle of the school year, she came into class and she was wearing a powder pink polo shirt. I think it might have been... Um, no, actually, I don't know what the brand was, but it... Anyway, it was it was a powder pink polo shirt, and she came in wearing this, um, and her everything else was her usual black black uh, dress pants, black shoes, but she had a powder pink polo shirt on. And when we asked her why this was, she said, "Je suis triste aujourd'hui," which means, "I'm sad today," <laughs> and that stuck with me because. Um, as an eight-year-old kid, I was used to seeing on TV and just in media and, and kind of getting the impression from people around me that wearing black all the time was kind of an expression of mourning or of gloom or, you know, it had those sort of, um, it, it did have negative connotations or connotations of sadness. And here was this teacher that was, was telling us that for her, pink was an indication of gloom and sadness, and, and that black was kind of something that made... The black clothing was her expression of, of joy and contentedness and kind of normalcy. And uh, yeah, that just stuck with me 
it stuck with me my whole life. It, it just, in a sense, she kind of, she made me recon or not reconsider, but she kind of allowed me this, um, this idea that I could make up my own rules about symbolism, which is something that I suppose had certainly occurred to me before as a kid, but to see someone else do it in that way, someone that I interacted with every day that I had a lot of respect for because I really liked this teacher, that it just opened my mind in, in that way. <laughs> Um, and so that's why I included that in this particular poem. And this particular poem was born out of this frustration and fascination with, especially at the time that I wrote it, which was, um, I guess, in the spring of 2021. Um, it was, it was me grappling with for whatever reason at that time, this extreme frustration with and fascination with the fact that symbolism is not um, is not in any way set in stone. It's something it's it's a system of artistic expression and not just artistic expression, it's cultural, it's social, of expression, of communication that is maintained by us as humans and it is it can be a deeply personal thing even though there are colors like the color blue can symbolize um sadness like the expression i'm feeling blue but it can symbolize so many other things and what it symbolizes in a given work of art or in a given utterance or interaction with someone can it, it the possibilities for what it could express if someone's not explicitly explaining what they mean by their particular symbol is it's just endless and and that's the beauty of art that this communication this this medium of expression that comprises so many different mediums within it you know music um, visual art poetry um, storytelling, you know, whether it's written or spoken or signed or painted or played or danced or what have you, um, the possibilities for meanings are endless and the, the, and someone can come into your, your work of art. And I've certainly done this for so many things that so many works of art that I have appreciated and consumed that someone can come into something that you've made and they can ascribe to it a completely different meaning than what you intended. And maybe that enriches it for you, the creator, or maybe it's just so far out there that it just, it makes no sense and it doesn't, it doesn't jive with what you intended. And, uh, yeah, I'm just nerding out over that. That's amazing. Let's just sit with that for a moment and nerd out together. Okay, and on, and while we're on the subject of that, of, of creative expression and maintaining and changing and evolving and 
and playing with these systems of communication that we have created together as a collective, as a species, and maintained and evolved. And while we're on the while we're while we're marinating in that thought, let's have another one. You know, it's not just communication that we've created and that we uphold as a system and maintain. There are all sorts of other systems like social systems, um, the economy for one, the way that we that we share wealth and distribute wealth and resources, um, certainly systems of oppression that we've created, like the prison industrial complex and um, and oppressive systems like systemic uh, racism. These are all things that we created. These and so many other things are things both good and bad. It's not just, it's not like we only have bad systems. We have wonderful systems as well. That we created these. Um, or at least past collectives, collectives of human beings created these things. And so we actually do have the power to collectively choose to do things another way. And that, it feels so big and impossible when you think of it like a system, like a whole system, but a system needs individuals to maintain it. And so as an individual, you can't change the entire system, but you can change your tiny like your expression within it and your node within it. You can change the little connections that you have within your own social network. And I don't mean, I don't mean shouting out on social media, although that can be very effective when you have a big following. I mean, just in your day-to-day life. Like recently, I... um to give you a very small example, at work, I have a work email. And so I made the decision to be the first person in my workplace to include my pronouns in my email signature. And it is a very small act. I didn't send out kind of a, a news bulletin saying, hey, I'm changing my, I'm adding my pronouns here and you should all do it too. I didn't do that because it probably wouldn't it probably wouldn't have that much effect and and i'm socially anxious so i wasn't quite ready to to um be that out about it but you know that as small as it seems to add your pronouns to your email signature it's still it's still a big thing it's it's because other people that are even, um, that are still not able to be out or come out, um, or maybe people that, um, are being misgendered or having the wrong pronouns attributed to them on a daily basis, kind of willingly because they don't, I say willingly with, with a caveat because they don't, want to deal with the extra scrutiny that would come from 
actually saying who they truly are and how they want to be or how they should be referred to. Um, just by doing that small act, it's, it's giving the signal to other people that can't be as open, like, at least with me, you're safe, I see you, you know. And the thing is, as well, with, um, with declaring your pronouns, even if you are using the same pronouns that you have used your entire life, that you were that you've been called since birth, it still shows that it's still, it's still important to declare them so that it becomes normalized for other people that, that are going against, or going against me makes it sound kind of combative when it's not, that are, that are declaring, um, better, truer pronouns for themselves, if we can put it that way. Um, so that's, that's been my tiny act, and I have seen several, um, several equally small but important, um, effects from it. And so the, the point is that change and and trying to trying to change a system a long established system doesn't have to be big and dramatic it starts with a lot a lot of very very small acts um small acts that are doable and that just very subtly but effectively change the system because systems are only upheld because individuals continue to uphold them. And I know that I'm complicit in upholding a whole hell of a lot of systems. We all are. And some of these are really good systems and some of them are outdated and really need an overhaul. So... Um, what is one small act or one small, one act you can do or one small change you can make, you know, even if it's just towards one other person or with one other person, like, what is one small thing that you can do that would rebel against and seek to change a system that you don't agree with? I'm still pondering that myself, all the little ways that I can rebel against the systems that I don't agree with. So taking another sort of related tangent, another uh, portion of this poem had to do with this idea that new is better, that new is more prestigious um, for me. I like new ideas, but I don't necessarily always agree with having new things. And I'll kind of explain what I mean by that. I'm very open to new ideas and considering things in new ways. 
But I don't necessarily agree that new is better in a materialistic way. So I really have great affection for um, for things that have, for physical objects that have uh, long storied histories. So um, I tend to wear the same jewelry for a long time. I enjoy buying um, buying secondhand furniture, especially antiques and things like that, because they have history, they're storied. And because it's also really, really good for the environment, um, you know, reusing and repurposing is even better for the, the environment than recycling. So whenever possible, I like to do that. And that's one very small way that I rebel against this system of um, of constantly buying new things or 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 using new things instead of trying to appreciate and find new ways to use what we already have. Um, I'm not really pushing that on anyone else. I'm just hoping that by me being so enthusiastic about it and showing how beautiful my repurposed thing, the repurposed things that I collect that are in my life can be that other people will go, oh, that is really cool. I'd like to, you know, repurpose things too. I'd like to reuse things. I'd like to, to go find beautiful secondhand pieces that someone else like loved and took care of before me. Um, and so yeah, that's that's what that section was about because everything in our universe, every particle we breathe is 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 recycled. Someone else breathed that or it went through um or it went through the um I'm a bit sleepy. Bear with me. <laughs> With every single particle that we breathe, everything that our environment is made of was here far long, long before us and, and has been repurposed so many times with, with um, elements and atoms changing their shape and structure and, and purpose. And, and so why can't we take that cue from nature and keep celebrating not celebrating, but keep, keep loving, um, beautifully made, beautifully crafted things that stand the test of time, or um, reusing said things. I'm not completely against buying new things or having new things, absolutely not, because I do that as well, but it's just, I kind of try to strike a bit of balance. Um, for instance, I have a pendant that um, that I've been wearing since 2018. So it was um, a uh, a pendant that was produced by um, by the bassist Saga from Alice Nine um, that uh, I really look up to and love and admire. And so I've been wearing that pendant for since 2018 I just wear it all the time I hardly ever take it off it's 
it just has that sentimental value for me. And the chain eventually broke and the, the silver that it was made of became tarnished. And instead of going, oh, I'll just get a new chain. Oh, well, I guess I'll just switch to a new pendant. I went to get it repaired. And I also, um, I also put in a work order with the jeweler to replace the, um, kind of the centerpiece stone in it to a new stone that I selected. So it's that spirit of, of kind of loving and valuing things that have sentimental value and taking care of them, passing things down or, or renewing things. Um, we don't always have to consider something secondhand, something used, something that is a hand-me-down as lesser um, you know, there's, there's plenty of good and beauty in, in receiving those things and having those things and using those things. So that was another point that I wanted to make with that poem. <laughs> I'm really rambling tonight. I think it's just the warm bath water. It's, it's just nice. And I've got candles and it's just very calming. So, um, I think we'll, we'll end the episode here. I've rambled enough. So if you're listening to this in the morning, then good morning. Um, drink plenty of fluids and stay warm. Um, over here, it, we had a huge snowstorm yesterday, which absolutely delighted me. But, um, anyway, uh, I don't know what you have to do today, but I hope you get those creative juices flowing and take a bit of time to rest. And, and anyway, gambatene. Um, if you're listening to this at night, then good night. I love you so much. And I hope you have strange and fantastic dreams. And I'll see you next time.